0: The nation station radio the man in line brought to you by netzeromatrix.com helping isle of man companies and citizens to understand net zero targets and the green future
1: Well, fast Good afternoon. Just after midday on Thursday, the 26th of January, this is Manx Radio's Man in Line. Beth looking after things again while Andy's away. Just a couple more days of me. What would you like to talk about this lunchtime? Well, some of the things that have been in the news today, concerns about the lack of progress with a suicide prevention strategy on the Isle of Man. What is going on behind the scenes there? We're going to hear from the Managing Director of the Manx Development Corporation, giving us some details about the proposed Westmoreland Village development. We've have also heard that charity hoping to raise money to help children get early diagnosis and support for ADHD, anxiety, and autism. Or perhaps you'd like to talk about something else altogether. 66 1368 is the number to call. You can text 166 177 or email studio at manxradio.com Just want to go back to something that was raised on a programme earlier this week and that was a comment about qualifications for government jobs with someone asking, what happens if you apply for a government position and you can't find your certificates? Well, I did ask that question and this was the response I was given. It's the candidate's responsibility to evidence their qualifications as part of the pre-employment check process. If someone didn't have access to their certificates they'd be advised to contact the issuing examination board or body to see if they hold copies. In some cases the schools hold copies of certificates or at least a statement of results. If the individual couldn't get copies it would be up to the employing department board or office to make a decision as to whether they continue with the offer of employment or withdraw the offer based on the conditions of that offer not being met. So I hope that goes some way uh, to answering that question. We were talking yesterday on the programme about access to Heritage Railway. We had uh, Renee on talking about some of the problems that she's had getting on to the railway with her grandchild we then had a, a message from Steve who works as a guard on the railway and he said they will go out of their way to, to help people get on to the heritage railway uh, we've also had this reply from government that says the heritage rail team are always available to help passengers using wheelchairs and those with limited mobility in addition the staff are ready to assist people with hidden disabilities in line with the aims of the sunflower lanyard scheme the manx electric railway does have a wheelchair trailer, which does need to be pre-booked but has been carrying passengers successfully for some years. Access ramps are available to provide easier access to carriages on the Isle of Man steam railway for people with limited mobility. However, as it is a narrow gauge railway, the current carriages are not wide enough to accommodate wheelchairs. Work to develop a wheelchair adapted tram on the Snaefell Mountain Railway remains ongoing. Well, we can go to the lines now and join Peter from the Victorian Society, who is going to to respond to those comments from the society's point of view good afternoon Peter
2: good afternoon uh, well most of what I'm going to say you just said um, thanks to the railways getting in touch with you uh, Renee, when she was on yesterday uh, I, I fully appreciate the difficulty she has um, but I I am more than concerned uh, when she says that the staff at Laxey station um, told her they'd come up with various ideas for, for assistance for getting people on, but, quote, the Victorian society have thrown them out as not visibly, visibly suitable for our ancient railway system. Well, the Victorian society have had absolutely nothing whatsoever to do. Um, with access to railway carriages. Uh, In in fact, the Victorian Society gave a grant of £1,000 towards the restoration of one of the MER rolling stock. The only time we've ever commented uh, was in relation to repairs to the Laxey station, um, which were carried out uh, but underneath the window. You know... (laughs) The MER buildings have what is known as cottage ornay. Its branches sawn in half and then nailed onto the wooden structure and then coated with brown paint. It's quite a distinctive Victorian finish. And the only time we commented was in relation to that not having been done on a bay window at Laxey Station. But we've never said anything else ever about... um, about anything the MER were planning or the Laxey staff had ideas for. Uh, So we've never poo-pooed anything. Uh, We've never thrown anything out because it's never come our way in the first place. And then I was going to to say about the fact the MER on the Douglas to Ramsey line have a, a trailer you know, the the second vehicle that's pulled where part of the side comes down as a ramp uh, to get people on uh, who have disabilities. And the staff at Lexi should have known that.
1: Well, I really appreciate you getting in touch, Peter. We did actually try to to contact the society yesterday following... You you, you did, uh, and I
2: replied, but it bounced back.
1: Oh, apologies for that. So it's great to get this clarification. Just um, from a preservation point of view and with regards to... To modifications being in keeping with our Victorian heritage in this instance, what is the the general feeling from the society because it's, it mustn't be well, easy? It
2: doesn't have one, because it's never been approached uh, and, and nothing has come to uh, come out into the public of any proposals of of doing what's doing. There is of course, the Manx Electric Railway Society. Who who have a particular interest in the rolling stock and the running of the uh, of the railway, um, uh, whereas uh, we are principally related to buildings.
1: It is difficult, though, isn't it? Because as I mentioned on the essays programme, the Victorian era wasn't known for its foresight with inclusivity, because it, it just didn't come up then, did it?
2: No, if you were disabled, um, you you were put to one side.
1: So looking ahead then, would the society be open to discussions about modifications?
2: Uh, If the department uh, felt that was appropriate, yeah, not at all. But we don't have a problem with it. We didn't have a problem uh, with the uh, trailer on the MER being adapted. We didn't or don't have a problem with the steam railway where they have aluminium ramps that they can bring out to get people um, on and off who have difficulty in ascending the step. No problem at all. Peter,
1: thank you so much indeed. It's great to talk to you and really do
2: appreciate that clarification. Yeah, but I, well, I, I certainly want to clarify that Victorians have not objected to anything whatsoever.
1: Noted. Thank you very much indeed, okay. Peter. Thank Take you. care. Bye-bye. Bye. That is uh, Peter Kelly from the Victorian Society responding to some of the comments on yesterday's programme. If you'd like to talk about that or anything else, sixty-six thirteen sixty-eight is the number. You can text 166 177. Studio at manxradio.com is the email. And you can also find us on WhatsApp as well. That's 07624 177. Just something I spotted on Facebook this morning, and I don't know if you've had experience of this, it'd be really interesting to know. Uh, This was on one of the local site groups that said, I heard tell that cars at Nobles Hospital have recently been receiving parking tickets. Can anyone confirm if this has been happening and who's been issuing them? I'm pretty sure Nobles Hospital Estate is private land and not a public highway. If that is the case, then the wardens would have no authority to give these tickets and they could be appealed. However, says this poster, I'm not 100% sure and was wondering if anybody would be able to clarify the situation. So I have messaged um, the Manx Care and also DOI to see if we can get a clarification on that from an official point of view. But if you've got any anecdotes, any stories, if you've come back to your car with a ticket on it, it'd be interesting to know what it was for, what it was said. Uh, 166, 177.
0: The Man in Line brought to you by netzeromatrix.com providing a citizen central forum to ensure that your voices are heard.
1: It is 17 minutes past 12. Lovely to have your company this lunchtime. It'd be great to talk to you on air about anything you like at all. Terry's texted to say the rise in suicide is truly saddening, but not unexpected in our current negative climate. People have been pushed too far financially and the future looks bleak. Terry then makes a connection to the assisted dying bill, uh, suggesting perhaps that would offer dignity in death, but um, I'm not sure whether that is the purpose of the bill. So I think um, that consultation actually ends today. So if you want to find the link to that consultation, you can go to manxradio.com. Let's go to the lines and join Malcolm now. Good afternoon, Malcolm.
3: Good afternoon, Beth. Nice to talk to you.
1: And you. How are you doing? You okay? (sighs)
3: I'm struggling at the minute. I've got a few aches and pains and uh, a lot of problems. But I won't Mm. worry to them because you won't have enough time on the radio. Uh, Oh. What I've come on about is this parking up at Nobles. Oh, yes. I I was up there yesterday and uh, fortunately I got in and out just when a, a guy was coming up to my car. And he said, is this your car? I said, yes. He said, you're not allowed to park here. I said, I've always parked here.
1: Where were you There's parked? No
3: room. On the double lines, just underneath the archway, okay. basically. Yeah. And um, they've taken all the cars off there, put cones up, all the rest of it. And he says, you're not allowed to park here. I said, well, where am I supposed to park then? He says, on the car park, on the disabled. I said, well, the disabled's full. He said, well, you'll have to go to that big one over there. I said, I can't walk that far. He said, that's your problem. If you park on here, you get a ticket for £60.
1: Okay, So I think many of us will have been up to the hospital and seen that first car park that is really full i suppose the question must be asked is everybody who's parked in there using the hospital facilities do they actually need to be there um i don't know the answer to to why this clamping down is happening now um but yeah it's an interesting one isn't it so you didn't get a ticket then you managed to uh, to avoid that one because you got back in time
3: i got back in time yeah otherwise i would have had one for 60 pounds if you've Which got, I would have argued against, uh, if, because you can't you can't get onto the disabled. You'll find a, a van parked on it or something, or there's stuff parked there all day. And I will say that. Well, I've just said it. actually. <laughs> <laughs> you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean there are several disabled spaces um, that are designated in that car park, and uh, that's right. You'd like to think that everybody who's parked in there would have a disabled badge.
3: Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to check them all. Um, That'll be a fun day, if, if you, Yeah. There's um, another place as well. Uh, if you're going to A&E, you used to be able to go through the doors, turn left and then go straight through so you can get onto the ward down there. Mm.
4: They've,
3: they've now shut that door off a, a couple of months ago. I said when I went up through, going through it, he said, you can't go through there. I said, why not? It's closed now because of COVID. That's his hang on, mate. I said, that was two years ago. Well, it's closed anyway for COVID. And that was it. He walked off. They're okay. not allowed to go through there anymore.
1: Okay. Well, really appreciate you getting in touch, Malcolm. So, this was something that I saw with regard to the parking on um, one of the Facebook sites this morning. And um, we are hoping to get yeah. clarification uh, from an official source as soon as possible. we we'll keep checking and hopefully we'll get that before the end of the programme. Um Um, They will argue, though, that if, as you say, people are parking in disabled spaces that shouldn't be, it's only right, really, that they're penalised for that.
3: Yes, exactly, yeah. So... uh, Uh, I was going to say something else. Carry on. I I just forgot what it was.
1: That's all right. That's okay. Uh Maybe it'll come back to you. If it comes back to you, give me a ring back.
3: Oh heck. <laughs> I can't think this happens to me a lot
1: oh it happens to me oh, as well Malcolm yeah,
3: just, oh. yeah I know what it was now it just seems like somebody has got it in for the disabled because uh, they're getting at them in all sorts of ways um, which is too much for me to go into now but um, it's not right it's not fair and they want to stop it
1: ok Malcolm thank you so much for getting in touch really appreciate it
3: You're welcome, Beth. Thank you. Take care.
1: Speak to you soon.
2: And you. Love. Bye-bye.
1: That was uh, Malcolm talking about the hospital parking situation. As I say, I have asked the question to see what the policy is now. Has it changed? Um, If you've got a ticket, have you been fined? If you've parked in Noble's Hospital car park recently, it'd be interesting to know. Uh, A message from Graham to say, I've lived on the island for 30 years, working constantly throughout and paying rent from a private landlord for 24 years. We now find ourselves losing our home because of the new landlord's bill. What I found is that the bias that exists in government housing departments Basically, Graham says, if you're not born here, they don't want to know. Yet a 16 or 17 year old with children who's never paid a penny into the system gets a two or three bedroom home and they wonder why people are leaving the island in droves. Sue has been in touch to say, my daughter has two children under five, and it seems that once they reach five, then their parents will have to pay for their dental care as they can't get an NHS dentist. So they all go private care is free up to the age of five, and they have been on the NHS waiting list since May 2021. Sue says this is a shocking situation, given all the health concerns about children's dental health on the island. In the current financial climate, I should think paying for dental care is at the bottom of many family lists, so children's health will suffer. The government should at least be giving vouchers to pay private practitioners for school-aged children. Now, Sue, if I'm right, I think you've messaged about this before, and it is something that we have asked about. We will have something relating to this, actually, on Update This Evening from 5.30 with Paul Moran. But, um, yeah, this is a a subject that we are trying to to find out more about and see exactly what the situation is. Uh, Noble's Parking Simple Solution display a copy of the appointment slip in the windscreen. That's a suggestion from Pete. Uh, Pat says, For the past few mornings I've attended Noble's Hospital. While waiting I noticed two cars parking and the occupants have got out and jumped into a blue 4x4 and driven off. This is a total abuse of the hospital parking and not an isolated case, according to Pat. And that's, a, that's the issue, isn't it? If people use that as almost a park and ride system, then that is a problem for people who genuinely need to use the hospital facilities, perhaps visiting somebody, going to an appointment. As I say, I think we've all been in that situation when we've gone up there and struggled to find somewhere to park. There is the other car park on the other side. That's usually got a few spaces. But if you struggle with walking or um, disability, then that's not necessarily a good option for you, is it? Uh, Dick's been in touch to say I've been really impressed with Manx Care this week not only have they been fixing taps in GP surgeries but within minutes of me asking what has become of the Interim Director of Public Health and why Manx Care's Director of Nursing is having to answer for public health about the state of doctor's surgeries within seconds Paul was at length to point out that Professor Van Verden is employed by the Cabinet Office but today, the very next day, we hear they are advertising for his replacement on an up to £150,000 a year and flexi-timed to boot. It's a shame that back in June when they gave the job to the person who works on a part-time basis across, that maybe they should have continued to advertise for a full-time person who actually lives on Ireland. I know that's not normal for a director in the health service careful, Dick, but it might at least fix some taps in the future. Um, I suppose, though, I mean, if you think about the qualifications that you need to be a director of public health, do we have people on Ireland who can fulfil that? We need somebody who's able to look at many different areas and You know, I would say it's a fairly stressful position. So if you were expecting people to take that on, then you have to give them something uh, that's worth that, surely. Dee says, are the parking enforcers just going up to the hospital because it's easy picking? I heard once again they're giving so many tickets um, that they can go home. Yep, still no answer officially yet. I will keep checking and hopefully we will have uh, something on that. A message from text ending 488, and this is regarding the COVID vaccination and suggesting we won't read it out because we don't read out any negative text messages. I would just say that's not true. We do read every single message that we receive. Uh, What I will do though is just check the facts and what you're saying before I read it out if that's okay. Uh, Richie says, any climate change denier who hasn't bothered to try and understand what climate change theory actually states should learn that since 1850 the mean average temperature on Earth has increased by at least 1.2 degrees Celsius and that much of this has been since the 1970s. This is a rate of increase as Richie never seen before and is perilously close to the 1.5 degree mark we hope not to pass though inevitably now we will. The Earth's mean average temperature encompassing day and night, north and south, spring, summer, autumn and winter is now reaching 15 degrees. At Way, the recorded 30-year average maximum daily temperature for January rose from 7.56 degrees in 1991 to 8.47 in 2020, an increase of 0.91 degrees centigrade. Yesterday, says Ritchie, at Port St Mary, the maximum daily temperature was 10 degrees. By this time, ignorance in these matters might be excusable. Deliberate willful ignorance is not. And there is a text from Willie asking, is the TT Fair coming this year? Don't know the answer to that, Willie, but that is another question that I will ask, and hopefully we'll get an answer to that one. 66 it would be lovely to talk to you on air about anything you like this afternoon, 166 177 or studio at manxradio.com if you'd like to text or email. Uh, text at ending 901 says so many people abuse the free parking at the hospital. They park there and get lifts into town or the bus. Parking at the hospital should only be for hospital users, but Some people have no morals. Um, Previous texter refers, why is action only been taken by Manx Care when people ask questions? What are our politicians doing? Asks G. And Tom says, on the hospital car parking, with there being a shortage of parking, why don't they do away with all the grassed areas? OK, it looks good, but surely it would be more functional with another couple of hundred car parking spaces. What do you make of that one?
0: When the Man in Line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. This is the Isle of Man talking. The Man in Line. The Man in Line, brought to you by netzeromatrix.com, the world's leading carbon register and validation ecosystem.
1: A prize if you can guess which program you're listening to. Yeah, it's a man in line. 12.30, it's Beth looking after things for Andy for the next couple of days. Uh, Des has been in touch to say, I remember the ice age. Got to admit, it has got warmer since then. Thank you, Des. And Fred says, I was up at the Marine Drive having my morning run and watched a council van throwing rubbish over the cliff. Did you, Fred? Did you get a photograph of that? Um, There is a texter from somebody ending 600. We have a new boat. We can all help to make like new our island. Let's look after it and ask whether harvesting people to plain spray their clouds elsewhere... So we would get more sun, would boost tourism and our well-being as we all smile more when the sun is out. Um, And that was uh, Manx Will who sent that through again because we didn't get it through uh, properly the first time. Um, Let's talk about something that's been in the news this morning. And it's about what government is doing in terms of dealing with suicide on the Isle of Man. It's a question being asked by Tim Glover, MHK. In a moment, we'll hear from David Higson, whose son took his own life in 2018. But first, Mr Glover explains his concerns about the lack of progress that he's seen with a suicide prevention strategy over here.
5: We had a presentation to Timwald members on the strategy before Christmas. Excellent presentation. So we're concerned, to my mind, the island plan While it's worthy, we're not seeing actions. There's plenty of strategies, plans, but not implementation. The figures are concerning. Last year, and we only do it on judgments within a court, so it could be relating to the year before, but last year's figures are more than double what they were the year before, and we have strong evidence, anecdotally, of three suicides already this year. Of course, they've got to go through the whole process, but that's concerning. To my mind, let's stop the talking and let's bring on the action. I have had correspondence uh, with the Cabinet Office Minister Kate Lord Brennan, which I'll keep to myself, uh, but she did get in touch pretty quickly, because it's ultimately from Cabinet Office where this strategy is coming from. I don't think I got any reassurance as to why there's a delay and why this can't now come forward. It's been years in the planning, and I understand it's had to be years in the planning, because a strategy like this isn't just public health or health, it's right across government. I just want to see us get on with things.
6: I am on the uh, Suicide Prevention Strategy Committee. I must tell you that there are a lot of uh, positive things have been taking place even before the strategy has been completed and, you know, there's lots of work going on behind the scenes that people won't be aware of. But as a result of this group um, are making a difference uh, already, we're obviously... Collecting data all the time, and we're looking at every suicide that occurs to see what can be learned from that, and looking at the different, you know, what that person was was suffering from. Were they in touch with mental health services? Did they have an alcohol or drug problem? Did they have a relationship problem? Did they have a long-term medical issue? You know, all these things. Did they live alone? Were they employed? Were they unemployed? You know, we're looking at all the factors to try and. Gather information to to see how we can approach it better next time. To see if we can do something about it, and that's a way that that the groups work in the collecting data all the time and and trying to to improve things around it every every single suicide. Uh, and I must say that the post care is is coming after which means that after every suicide there's a lot more support for the family and friends around that suicide uh, as a result of this strategy being uh, put together and the groups working together and and it's become it's been working for the last sort of 12 to 18 months and uh, that's been very helpful for families so I think that's a very important part of the work that's come out of it already that people probably don't know about. That's David Higson, whose
1: son took his own life in 2018, and David is part of the Suicide Prevention Strategy Team. I should say, if you've been affected by anything you've heard when we've been talking about this story, if you go to manxradio.com, you can find a link for support there. Tim Glover has a question about the strategy in the House of Keys, just questioning where we're up to with it and what the progress has been. So uh, it will be talked about and answered in the Keys next week. (sighs) you <sighs> John has texted to say thanks for the railway's timetables request which presumably will be the same as 2022. John goes on to say the staff on the railways are always excellent and helpful. Thank you very much for that John. It will be interesting to see that timetable as we say it is ready and should be out imminently we're told. Claire in Onken got in touch to say just on the point of the railway and access my dad suffered from Parkinson's and went on the train with us as they had a ramp on and off and it was perfect for him so no steps. They used it at every step and it's kept in the guard box and as you have been hearing about the access that is available um, a little bit earlier in the programme thank you very much indeed for getting in touch Claire um, there is a suggestion from Chris up north to say regarding Nobles parking, why not have staff park and ride, this would free up spaces for those who need it Gary and Ramsey's been in touch to say, Can I just say, whoever texts in about climate change is talking through their behind. Yes, he may be right about some things, but if looking at data over the past 5,000 years, this up and down temperature is normal. Where are you getting the data from 5,000 years ago? Be intrigued to see that one, uh, Gary. The assisted dying counselling might catch some suicidal people and get help for them as they will not be encouraged to take the dying option, is a text message from 762. Eight and Geoffrey's been in touch to say have you been able to confirm if during the TT this year the mountain will be two way with a 50 mile an hour speed limit I haven't even asked that question yet Geoffrey but let me see if I can get an answer on that one to you, thank you so much for the text uh, ending 475 that's very lovely, thank you 166177 uh, if you'd like to text you can email studio at manxradio.com or you can find us on whatsapp as well one double six one double seven. Um, There was another message from Richie regarding assisted dying, now I think this was uh, in response to a call that we had on yesterday's programme at the start of the show. Uh, And Richie says, I appreciate the care and concern of the lady who phoned about his sister dying, but if in the coming years I feel I have become an unbearable burden on my family, however much they love and care about me, why should I not choose to end my life if I want to? It's not necessarily about feeling guilty, dignity, pride and consideration of the welfare of one's own family have a place in anyone's life and that doesn't go away just before we get old. Let's go to the lines and join Dewan now. Good afternoon, Dewan.
7: Good afternoon, Bethany. How are you?
1: I'm okay. I think. How are you?
7: I'm very good. Have you been round to Bonzo's for your locust dinner yet? Not
1: yet, no. Not yet. What are you going to offer?
7: I bet you're really looking forward to that, aren't you?
1: Well, what is it they say? Don't knock it till you've tried it, eh?
7: Oh well, that's that's a good Peel tradition, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on then.
7: <laughs> the um, yeah, and I, I just listening to a few things this week is just catching up on a, on a, on a, a few repeats and um, and it, Bonzo was saying about um, uh, the, um, the the climate conspiracy and stuff and it's not really a conspiracy anymore is it a lot of the stuff that's going on it's actually quite factual and if we if we look at the the the, the and the cricket thing i mean um, they're trying to normalize it with these programs on television but if we look at what's going on around the world um this stuff they are trying to get in they they, they are purposely trying to get rid of um meat out of the um uh, the the dietary system um and, and terribly purposely, if you look at what's going on in the Netherlands, and again, um, all your mainstream media is hiding the information that's going on. Factual. Um, it's there to be seen. It's just not there for people who don't want to go and look for it. Factual. So where, um, but
1: where would so, you say this, And So you're saying it's factual. Um, who's putting out these facts?
7: Well, Beth, it, it, you know there's plenty of places there to go and look at stuff now. Um, and uh, you know, I've asked Andy before where where Manx Radio gets information from its news and its independent news sources and Reuters and the BBC. But when you go to you go to the likes of Rumble, Brand YouTube, GB News, Parlour, and you actually see the protests, you actually see the rioting, um, and the stuff that's going on. You actually see the farmers spreading the muck over the town halls because they're being told to take their meat and everything and, and do away with their cows. It's factual what's going on. So it can't be denied. It's the fact that the mainstream media is probably run by three companies in the whole. And if you've got the largest microphone and you switch everyone else's microphone off, then that's what happens. You're listening to one narrative. But that's and I'm sure... You- you're, you're part of the news team up there. You, If you've got your eyes open, you can see what's going on. It's just that somewhere down the line, someone chooses not to report it in any depth.
1: I would just have to disagree with you there, June, because I think what happens is, is that you do hear things and you question it. You have to question it. You have to question the source. You have to question the motives. You have to question what's behind it. And that um, is certainly the approach that we take here at Manx Radio. You have to be balanced. And I think the problem tends to come from people having very strong views in one area and not necessarily considering the other side, perhaps.
7: I I totally agree with that. But from the other side, (laughs) somewhere in the middle, I I think, you you know, we we find the truth somewhere in the middle. um, And we're not finding that at the moment because one microphone is being switched off. So... That I, I that that that's my point on that. Just before we get dragged down into that one, we're talking about the Westmoreland Road um, uh, development for quite a bit now, and looking at a lot of the threads on Facebook, the main subject that comes up is parking. And I, I think you've got to look at you got to look at the story from the other side. I think people are looking at it from the start to finish. I think you've got to look at it as the book writer would write the end of the book first, and then and then move backwards. the the conference that was at the Villa Marina in the summer, which wasn't as secret as Davos, but not many people really went to it. Um, it actually basically said that the government's will is not to have vehicles in the centre of Douglas. That was the main purpose of 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 their the, one of the seminars that I heard. So if you look at it from the way backwards, you see how this works. They don't want parking. They don't want that in Douglas. This is I don't know whether that's council's will, but that's definitely a, a will of of government. And this follows the agendas that's out there, which is world agendas of 15-minute cities. Factual, which is happening all over. If you look at Oxford at the moment, there is a big protest going to be happening in February about their 15-minute city and making the place into zones for the feared climate lockdown, which is going to come. And this is factual because, you know, last week they put out um, a massive leaflet drop around um, Oxford in preparation for this protest. Um, and this stuff is happening around the world. If you look in, in Dubai and other places, um, these 15-minute cities are popping up, which is all we cannot meet World Economic Forum agendas. Factual. And I've said this months and months and months now that we have some people in our government, either in top civil service or planning or actually within government, who are following world economic agendas on farming and other stuff i don't think the government has the will to farm anymore um and and various other stuff and I, i've said so many times a lot of this stuff i don't think has that it has no place on the Isle of Man. we should stay a little bit as we were um and i think we get a lot more people over here as well wanting to come and live
1: but what, June I mean, as you say, I mean you're very staunch in your views, which is absolutely fine, and that's what the man in line is all about. And I should just point out that your microphone has never been turned off. Um, but what about people who think maybe it is a good idea? What about people who don't want to see traffic all around their their city or their town centres? Who want to be able to move about freely and easily? There is that point of view as well.
7: Yeah, listen, we have got a parking problem. Um, we have got a car problem. We know this. Um, and, and what's the easy way around it I don't know but the easy way around it certainly is not to try and like um, mask what you're trying to do um because these genders and these agendas say genders that's another story <laughs> these agendas <laughs> that's, that's coming out it's quite clear that it's that their agenda's coming from a higher source that these governments are playing to um, and that's quite clear now Beth you, you can see that in, the, in in various different things um, we have got a parking problem yes but like I said look at the story from the other side that they don't want parking and you'll see why the promenade is like this you'll see why they're building the Westmoreland Road which I think someone commented today this the planning for this will go through very very quickly um, not as quick as what private people will, will be getting their planning through for different things. This will be sped through very, very quickly and, and, and going very quickly because they want it to. Um, just on a, and on another point before you cut me off and fade me out. I have got um, some
1: uh, other callers. So, Julian, if you can keep I, this one brief.
7: I will, I will. Um, listening to Bonzo the other day and he did have some fair points in, in fairness to Bonzo talking about the Villa Marina, you know, and um whether the Villa Marina should be kept going or not why don't they look at, we're talking about that they've got a new boat coming in, why, why don't they do some packages here? You know, the Villa Marina is a fantastic place to work. It's a fantastic audience um, and, and it's a great hall to work in. I've worked in many halls over the, the UK, but the villa is great. So people would come here to watch a good concert. I think Mark said this the other day. Why don't they do some kind of real good packages on the boat, the ticket price, and a hotel for people to come over and watch these shows? And then it would fill the scene in the villa marina a lot more easier although a lot of the shows have been filled that i've been to in the villa recently but if they're talking about why it's not making money and the shows are full there's obviously a problem somewhere with the financial um, oversight of the villa marina maybe i don't know but um, that's maybe a thought of us doing a package let's fill the boat get people spending on the boat reduce fare but get the spend up on the boat um and, and try and try and make the islands work with that because we have a fantastic couple putting shows on.
1: Okay, Dewin, lovely to talk to you as ever. Thank you so much. Take care, Beth. Take care. Speak to you soon. That's Dewin there uh, with lots to think about. Let's go to line two and join Bonzo. Bonzo, should I just give you Dewin's phone number? Or you can talk to each other.
4: Mm, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what would you no, like to talk no, about? That,
4: no, that no, that that wouldn't that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> um, you know, yes, it, it, it needs moderation, right? It's like the old thing about uh, Parliament that has to be two swords with bar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> What's on your mind, Bonsu? Oh
4: well, um, just <laughs> just having listened to Jurn's uh, various uh, points of view, and uh, well, he's saying that oh, he agreed with something that I said, which is rather strange. So I'll I'll begin with that one first. Um, the idea of having packages from UK to come and see various acts at the Villa Marina. Um, no, I can't see that being a starter. For even the most sort of you no know, boutique exclusive act. Um, I mean once upon a time of course we had Brian Wilson play at the Villa Marina, which was extraordinary. I, I, I was there sitting in a uh, a seat on the balcony about I, I don't know, I suppose about 10 metres away from um, Brian Wilson. And for most of the gig, I just think, Brian Wilson's on the stage at the Villa Marina and I'm maybe 10 metres away. Um, it was quite, quite amazing. And that's the kind of gig that you could you know, charge um, enough in order to then have a package that people might, might come over to, to see. But when you have such a large uh, target audience, which is you know, North, um, you know, the the North generally, Northwest, you know, perhaps going down the middle. Um, those people play there already. Why do they, Why do people need to get on a boat and you know spend another couple of days um, doing that? Even if it's discounted, it'll still be rather more than them going to their um, sort of hours drive away, uh, hour and a half drive away venue. So, so that one's just a, um, you know, I think that's for the birds. As for his um, yeah, as for as for June's idea that the World Economic Forum is behind everything, and that the, the fifteen-minute um, city is a is a conspiracy against the car owner, and that insect protein is a conspiracy against farmers or something, uh, yeah, again, I think that's a bit of a stretch you know, to to put it mildly. Um, with people who are concerned, uh, you know, obviously about climate damage and the things that we can do to uh, you know, at least try and minimise it, because it's going to happen. Things like 1.5 degrees of warming—that's pretty much, if you'll pardon the pun, baked in. Now, there's no, nothing we can do about that. Okay, uh, but-, but we can, but we can, but we can stop it getting a lot worse, by doing various things such as working about, on about um, agriculture and doing things like well that nowadays, uh, you can three d print meat um, you know, from biological samples of, of you, know, you can take a sort of, uh, sample from the pig, and then you can uh, clone that, grow it, and then you can print out all, all the um, you know, all the bacon you want, really.
1: Might have to give that a go, Bonzo. I'm going to have to leave it there, only because we've got somebody else waiting on the line. But as ever, thank you so much. It's lovely to talk to you. Um, let's go back to the line three now. And Jed, good afternoon, Jed.
8: Good afternoon. I've just been uh, scanning the news and listening to your program, and a lot of attention is on the state of our healthcare um, on the island, and it just causes me a bit of concern. I mean, just for instance, today's program, we talked about suicide and you know the passionate. Uh, response say from tim and dave there uh, then we had the parking and you know the disabled chap who'd gone through a bad experience and then day in day out you know we've got headlines about the management issues then we have the surgeries and the standards perhaps that they're not keeping to and then you just look on your council of ministers and we've got lori hooper in two chairs uh, one for the department of enterprise and one for health Now, anyone that was thinking of coming to live on the Isle of Man and they just have a quick look on the headlines and and look at the state of the healthcare, it it doesn't paint a very pretty picture, does it?
1: But I suppose you'd argue, though, Jed, that if you look at the headlines further afield, certainly UK, is it much better there?
8: Well, we're we're the Isle of Man. We're, We're a separate entity and we should be in charge. And up to speed and what's quite obvious is that we haven't got political representation to a full level, 100%. And what I'm saying is it's time for Mr. Cannon really to appoint a minister and give someone uh, that responsibility and declare that they're going to give it 100% attention. Because at this present point, we're not having the uh, the democratic backing. It'd be quite easy to assume that the health service is being run by those people who aren't elected, those um, civil servants that you know we we read and hear about and see featured in uh, recent news items and what have you. And I think it'd be a good time to perhaps restore a bit of confidence into the health service just by putting a name there, someone that who can deliver, uh, communicate well, and um, and be a figurehead really.
1: All right, Jed. Thank you very much indeed. Appreciate you calling. Thank you. Take care. Speak to you soon. Uh, That was Jed there talking about the fact there's no permanent minister. There's one person at the moment doing uh, two ministerial jobs. Jane has texted about disabled access to the MER and steam railway. Ambulance, she says, have a small narrow foldable chair that people who could need it could use. I think this would fit through the door of the tram and from there a manoeuvre to the first seat. Their wheelchair could be folded and put on the tram. The transfer from the ground to the tram could be done in a small port or permanent hydraulic lift at key stations Laxey, Douglas, Snaefell and Ramsey those who simply can't ascend the step could also use the lift with equality legislation this is essential says Jane Uh, quickly, very quickly going back to the lines now, good afternoon Julian
9: Oh, hi, Beth. Uh, just a quick one. I'm just scanning some of the Met offices around the world just recently with their reports. Um, Reykjavik, 4.7 Celsius below their 10-year average, broken their December record since 1916, 126-year record broken. Australia, coldest record year. Um, Japan, KUSA had minus 9 Celsius, coldest on record. Uh, Kyoto train station have currently got 3,000 people stranded with people can't sleep from the cold. Snow on the sand dunes in Algeria with BATNA reporting minus 7.3 Celsius. Uh, Afghanistan, at least 157 frozen, half a million are sheltering with the UN. 70,000 livestock frozen to death. China has just recorded minus 53 Celsius, coldest ever recorded in mainland China.
1: It's interesting, Jean, because what you're talking about there, I would say, and again, this is not an area that I can uh, put my hands up and say I'm an expert in, but you're talking about extreme weathers. And I think if we talk about the science of climate and change, that is the prediction that there will be lots of these extremes, which as we see and as you're describing are causing awful problems.
9: Yeah, which happens about every 400 years, well catalogued, called a solar grand solar minimum. We're currently, since 2020, in the Eddy E-double-D-Y, not my my colleague from the swimming pool, but the other one um, who was uh, a very good weather guy. Um, yeah, so meridional jet streams, good thing to look at. Nothing to do with anything called um, polar vortexes. That's an invention. Meridional meridional jet streams is the reason.
1: All right, Julian, thank you very much as ever. Lovely to talk to you. A couple more of your texts and emails before the end of the programme. N says, I heard the word vouchers brought up with regard to paying for children's dental treatment. It should without a doubt be a new government procedure to issue vouchers in all cases rather than cash. In particular, says N, social benefit, and N suggests that we all know the reasons why. Uh, Gav says, never mind about climate change. I think we need to open up the island for the poor migrants coming over the channel, get camps set up here, and bring them over. Uh, Text to ending 921 talks about ice core and permafrost samples that can go back further than 5,000 years. That goes back to uh, a text earlier, I think, from Gary talking about climate change. Uh, Thank you very much to Lucian Ramsey. Lovely to hear from you this afternoon. Uh, Des says, follow the money and you will find the truth. And here's a message from text to ending 234 that says, I picked up some consultation forms from the legislative buildings early on in the week. I can collected them for elderly friends who couldn't get into Douglas. Unfortunately, there was no overview with the ones I collected. I didn't notice this until the next day. It's a shame. It would have been a good idea to have forms to collect from town halls for elderly people, especially at this time of year. Maybe this can be done for future consultations. Um, that's a really great Suggestion. So we will uh, see what happens with that. I suppose when you do the consultation online, you can see the overview. But if that's not provided for the handout copies, then perhaps that's something that could be considered. That is pretty much all for today's programme. Thank you so, so much for all your comments and contributions. Thanks also to the program's producer, Chris Quirk, for taking all your calls. I'll be back for the final time tomorrow but if you think of anything you'd like to mention before then, our Man in Line answer phone is available. 682 631. Leave a message. I can have a listen to it and hopefully we can play it on air. Coming up next, it's Christy Dehaven with 123 talking amongst other things about the Guild, the final date for applying is coming up in the next week. Whatever you're doing this afternoon, have a great one and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.